You're listening to the Elvis Ultimate Fan Channel Podcast, the channel that is devoted 100% to the life and career of the biggest selling recording artist of all time, with your host, Steve Francis. Hello and welcome to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Before we dive into this week's episode, I'd like to remind you to join me live every Wednesday and Sunday for my YouTube live stream shows when we have Elvis fan chats, an Elvis fan of the month quiz with monthly prizes up for grabs, and I pick my Elvis song of the week. Judy Palmer Benderwald has been an Elvis fan since the very beginning in 1956. She ran the Kissing Cousins fan club and made her first trip to Graceland in December 1965. On her later trip, she was at the gate when Elvis and Priscilla arrived home to Graceland with newly born Lisa Marie and got close-up photographs of the three of them in the back of the car as they were driven through the music gates. These and many more photographs appeared in Judy's book, My Treasured Memories of Elvis. I'm delighted to have Judy on the show to speak to me about those days at Graceland in the 1960s. Hi Judy, you're very welcome to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Hi, Steve. Great to be here. And uh, I've been mulling this over for a couple of days, and I need to ask you how you pronounce your surname. Now, I think it's Bendwald, but there is an E in there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Bendwald. Oh, it is It is Bendwald. Yes, it's a German name. My husband's family are German, so it's Bendewald or Bendewald. Right, right. I wasn't, and, sure, I wasn't sure whether that second E was silent or not with me. <laughs> I just wasn't familiar with the yeah. surname. And then my when I did my book, I took back my um, maiden name of Palmer mm. as part of it. I I never considered myself a hyphenated person, you know, for a name. But the thing is, is everybody knew me as Judy Palmer with my fan club and all the years that I was connected with, you know, fans all over. Um, so therefore, I for the book I had Judy Palmer, Bendewald. So right. that's how I ended up with all that. Okay. Well, that, that's answered my question anyway. Bendewald, right? So I can... Mm-hmm. I can Bendewald. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Okay. Right. So uh, growing up, you grew up You grew up in uh, Spokane. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, you actually got it right. <laughs> yeah, because some people say Spokane, don't they? But I checked it out and it's definitely yeah, Spokane. And, Spokane, uh, Washington. And have you lived there all your life or did you move around or... No, I was born in Spokane, uh, and I've lived here my whole life. I have moved around a little bit, but never, well, I tried to move to Memphis twice, but never did quite get there. Got too homesick, but, so therefore I just went there instead. Yes. Um, but I've traveled somewhat, and I've been to England and, and Denmark and so forth, and around the United States, but lots of trips to Vegas and L.A., but um, always came back to Spokane. It always seems nicer the more times I came home and got older. It's a nice place to live. Yeah, they always say there's no place like home. Like the the end of the Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. It's, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, pe- pe- exactly. People people do a lot of traveling looking for happiness, and and you know it's it's usually in their backyard. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it is. So uh, you're saying, obviously, you know, you 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 thought about moving to Memphis and you went to Vegas and all this, but obviously this was because of the the man himself. Exactly. Um, I think one of the things that I was going to touch on is like when Elvis came to, I I became a fan at nine years old, 
Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things where you have a best friend and you can't pinpoint the exact day you met, but you seem like you knew them their whole life. And that's how it was with Elvis. I remember Love Me Tender, um, the song coming out, and we had a, a stand-up uh, turntable uh, radio type thing. And you'd open the, the front of it, and that was where the turntable t- was. And I played probably Love Me Tender because you'd have to take a needle over and put it on the record probably a hundred times, over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I've had that record, and I remembered um, going to see Love Me Tender at the movie theater, and all the girls were standing up screaming on the chairs, and my mom goes, you better never do this, you know, and I, I didn't know, I was nine, I didn't know what was going on, you mm. know, but I, like I said, I've surely found out real quick, you know, and so I, my mom used to buy movie magazines, so um, I don't remember if I saw, like, one of the Dorsey shows or, or something, but I remember those two specific events, and then from there on, I started collecting movie magazines, saw every Elvis movie in the theaters, um, through his whole career and um, how he came here in 1957 of August of 57 and I didn't know anything about it and um, I saw the newspaper the day after he left and there was, was somebody must have told me there was a picture Elvis in there and I found out that Elvis had been here and so back then you didn't go places you know now if there's a concert people go halfway across the country to get to their favorite celebrities to see the show. Yeah. I, I didn't know. We didn't. He, he played uh, in Seattle, which is only 300 miles away for the happen at the World's Fair. That would have been like a trip, trip to Los Angeles for my family mm-hmm. back then, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I didn't get to go to that either. So after seeing that article in the paper in 57, I think that's what piqued my desire to see him because I missed out. And then, like I said in my book, for 10 years, he went, he went in the service and he was gone, and the concerts weren't any time, you know. And so um, I just watched through the movies. I had my fan club. Yes, of course. So um, when was the first time then you went to Memphis to try and see Elvis? 1965, and I had 10 pals, um, across the country with different Elvis fans. And we had a friend, my girlfriend and I had met, um, 1963, um, we met and, um, became, you know, she lived in Idaho, which is only 30 miles away. We became really close friends, still are. And we decided we're going to go to Memphis. So we took the Greyhound bus back to Detroit and spent a day or two at her house and then went down to Memphis and we only had, what, two days or so, two or three days there. We met uh, Uncle Vester and Uncle Travis. We were staying at the, like, the, um, I think it was the Holiday Inn right down the street. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was really all wood and everything. So when we were going to leave to go back to the hotel, either Vester or Travis gave us a ride back to the hotel because they didn't want us taking a, a chance being in the dark with the trees and everything mm-hmm. down the road, mm-hmm. which was really nice. And um, so this one day, um, Vester took us up to the house, and we he let us stand in front of the door and everything, you know, at the front part there, and took pictures of us. 
And then later we were down at the gate and Elvis and Priscilla came out um, to take pictures um, by the nativity scene. This is December 10th, 1965. And, you know, no, not many people knew a whole lot about Priscilla. There weren't many pictures out about her. So for Vester said, well, I can't take you up there, but if you give me your camera, I'll go up and get a picture for you. So that was pretty amazing for us to have that picture with the two of them. And then later we saw their Priscilla had taken a little brownie camera with her, and you can see it in the picture. And um, so the pictures that they took for themselves were on their Christmas card that year. And so that was kind of a unique experience to be involved in that, you know. It's one of those, I've had many experiences like that, being there when Lisa was born, going to the 68 special, being there in Vegas in 69, just so many key parts of, of Elvis's career. But I guess, you you know, there could be many more, but those were uh, quite the deal for me. Anyway. Yeah, well, well I, I've seen photographs that you've taken of Priscilla going into Graceland just before Lisa Marie was born. So that would have been sort of the mm -hmm. 31st of January. She's driving the car into right. Graceland. And that was in uh, January uh, 31st, 68. So I went back to Memphis, and uh, this is where we were talking about um, moving to Memphis. And Sandy and I decided we were going to move to Memphis, and that was in November 68, and we saved the money and she got a car and we drove and by the time we got down to Los Angeles it was holidays and we were lonesome and we came back and so then I had this money saved and I said well let's go to Memphis on the Greyhound bus so in January we took the bus down three days on that bus was really quite a deal and we brought a pillow with us and when we got to Memphis we stayed three days at the hotel and then I had to find a place for us to stay that would be reasonable um, for a month. And so I found an apartment down at Whitehaven Shopping Center, and it was um, like $250 included with a deposit for one month. Um, no furniture, slept on the floor, had that pillow that we brought with us, and we just walked down to Graceland every day. So um, the... Um, in 65, we did get to go to the movie theater one night and sat a few rows behind Elvis. But when we came in and, uh, 1968, Priscilla, I think because it was so close to the time where she was going to deliver Lisa, they weren't going to the theater at that time. Mm. So anyway, the night before she was born, she had been in a baby shower for her. And she pulled, we were inside the gate, and she pulled in, and we asked if we could take pictures. And um, she stopped, and she was just so sweet. And um, so anyway, um, my girlfriend Sandy had a picture of Elvis and her um, out of a magazine, a color picture of them, um, wedding picture, and asked her to sign it. So she signed it with a big Y on her last name. And then when Sandy saw Elvis a few days, you know, six days later, mm. he, she asked if he would sign that picture also. And he saw Priscilla's wife, so he made a great big long Y that was <laughs> even more so than hers, not to be outdone <laughs> <Yes>. ever. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, so that was fun. And, and um, anyway, 
we asked her, "Is um, are you nervous? And, and she said, we both are. Every time I move, he's there to catch me. And so that was that night. And then the next morning, we came down about 10, um, came down to Graceland, and Vester said her water had broken, and they had left to the hospital about 1030. And then she was born at 501 um, on February 1st. And it was everywhere. The newspapers, the radio, everybody was talking about Lisa Marie Presley being born. And here's a little interesting side note. We started picking up newspapers. I had only a certain amount of money left by the time we paid for the hotel, our our, um, uh, apartment, bought like $60 worth of groceries, and we had maybe two rolls of film. We had no money. And so um, the thing is, is all of a sudden, um, well, you know, she was born and we needed newspapers, so we used money for newspapers so we could get them for our friends and so forth. Um, this is just kind of interesting to uh, to me because um, looking back, we had all these newspapers, leftover newspapers, you know, to get rid of after we took all this stuff about Priscilla and, and Elvis and Lisa in it. Mm-hmm. And the garbage workers were on strike then in Memphis. I don't know if you're familiar with Martin Luther King being shot and so forth. Yes. Well, yes. there was a garbage worker strike on, and then Martin Luther King came down to represent them, and that's and then he was shot, you know, um, in Memphis. But it was just kind of odd to me that I was had that memory of having all those newspapers, and it was because the garbage workers were on strike. Mm. So that was just something. Uh, I had thought of, and I and I remember that later um, I had heard that when Elvis was filming, I think "Live a Little, Love a Little," and heard um, that Martin Luther King was shot. I guess he cried and said he was always like true to his word, whatever he said was true, and he said he should have been there, meaning in Memphis. You know, so mm. that was another Elvis kind of connection in history in my life. You know, yeah, it's, it's funny the things that stick in your head sometimes, isn't it? You know, like the newspapers and things like that. It's just yeah. strange things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, uh, a few days after the first, um, Lisa was to be brought home and you got some really, really good photographs mm-hmm. of them pulling through the gates. Yeah, um, we had, like, like I said, very little of anything. We had had we had. Um, like some um, yellow legal paper, uh-huh. and we made up these um, sheets of paper across the gate. Investor let us put them on the gate. It said, Welcome home, uh, Priscilla and Lisa. And then he took some up and nailed them on the trees going up um, so that they could see them as they came in. So we, um, we were all inside. There was about four, five of us or so that were standing inside the gate. And Vester said, well, the people, they called and said that they were leaving the hospital and somebody from was inside the gate up on top of the um, stone ledge facing toward, toward Memphis looking for the cars to come. <laughs> it was a big watch thing going on. <laughs> and so the first car, have, have you been to Graceland, Steve? I have, yes. Yes, thankfully I have. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, so you know how when you pull in, there's a car's length. 
as you pull in the driveway. Yes. So the first car came in, and that car um, had um, Charlie and Vernon and um, and Jerry Schilling was sitting in the back seat doing movies as the other car came in, Elvis's car. So the first car came in, and so of course Elvis's car is stuck in traffic out there. Vester shuts the gate again so that Elvis and Priscilla can see the signs. And so Elvis pulled in, their, his car pulled in, and as they drove by, they drove by real slow, and Elvis and Priscilla pulled the blanket back, and he pointed uh, Lisa out to us. So that was really cool that I got those pictures. Yeah, and those those so, photographs are actually shown in your book. And I think, if I remember rightly as yeah. well, there's, there's the photographs of the signs on the gates as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And then moving on just a few more days, I think you've got more photographs of Elvis riding on his horse on the 10th of uh, February and the 16th of February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came out horse, horseback riding a, a lot after that. We met him the first day on the 6th, which was the day after we they brought Lisa home. Do you want to hear about that? Yes, please. And then I'll yes. talk about the other? Yeah. Okay, so... It was such a cool thing. We had actually never met Elvis yet. So here we are. We're in the guardhouse, and Vester says, well, look, if he comes out today, I won't open the gate until, you know, once he leaves, when he comes home, I won't open the gate till you guys get across the side of the driveway because he was driving. So he said, we'll uh, see if we can get you to meet him today. Okay, so we're sitting there, and he's usually gone several hours. And we're all nervous and everything. And all of a sudden, like 20 minutes later, he comes home. And we're just like freaking out. We're running around the guardhouse <laughs> trying to get our pens and pencils and everything together. And we're scared to death. And so he drives up and kind of has a laugh, you know, because it's kind of a setup. So when he started to talk to us, I had two photo albums. I had one photo album for him, which was 12 5 by 7 Candids were very hard to find back then. And um, so I had just 12 of them in there. Two of them were pictures of Elvis and uh, Johnny Rivers on their motorcycles down in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Somebody had shot the pictures out the back of their van. So Elvis was pretty interested in those. Mm -hmm. And then I had one photo album of my own that I brought that was about 100 candid pictures of both Elvis and Priscilla I collected from fans. And so Vester said, you know, when you see Elvis, you might showing that book too because he'd probably really be interested to see the pictures so as I gave him the one and then I handed him the other he got confused because I said he thought that that was one that I was giving to him too so anyway I said oh not that one it's too expensive I'm that priceless <laughs> and he must probably thought that was that was hopefully realized I, what I meant to say anyway but um, yeah, yeah. anyway and so he he took the book up to the house, and then right before we were going to leave um, um, to come back home, Bester went up and asked Priscilla for the book back because it was up in their bedroom. And she says, oh, I hate to part with it. It's got so many nice pictures of us in it, and of uh, both of us. And um, But anyway, it was really nice that they got to enjoy that. Yes. And yeah. so, and and then I asked him to sign a picture to um, for my fan club. And yeah, just said, just tell me, that, just tell me a little bit about your fan club, could you? Okay. 
Yeah, um, I started, um, um, there was a local fan club that I joined in the 60s, early 60s, and then I joined the Kiss and Cousins fan club out of um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the lady, after a year, she couldn't keep it, so she asked me to take it over. So I um, I took over the fan club in 1966, and I had it through 72. And um, and it, it's like you. It's a labor of love. I mm. mean, and I, I hand-wrote all the letters. It wasn't, and people didn't send stamps or anything. And I was a kid, um, you know, just um, doing babysitting and stuff like that in order to afford to do all of this. Um, there were no printing places other than this thing that was called Postal Instant Print. You'd go down there and, and do, I'd get the newsletters on that, and I hand-wrote all the envelopes and everything. Had the, when I had the fan club, I'd always send a copy of my newsletters to Colonel Parker's office in Tennessee and at MGM Studios, and then one to Elvis's um, address in Los Angeles, his personal address at Graceland. And so, you know, it's funny... I guess you don't really think that he sees those, you know? Mm. And I, when I gave him my picture and I said, he said, um, is that your club? And I said, yes. And he said, that's a good one. Dumbfounded because I didn't know that he would even know of it. I thought he was just being nice, you know? But then I talked to, um, Becky Hartley Ancy, who was, was the secretary at Grayson for quite some time. And she said recently to me that she said, yes, Elvis came back to the office many times, lots of times. And he came back and he read the fan mail and the newsletters. And um, he would like to see what, what the clubs were up to. And he liked to read the things. And she said she didn't think that there's ever been a star that has ever been so devoted to his fans as Elvis was, mm. which is really a cool thing to hear. So, you know, um, Elvis just wrote to the club. He said, thank you for everything through the years. Sincerely, Elvis Presley. So he really, it, it was kind of cool. And I look back now on my newsletters that came out in the 70s, you know, 69, 70 with Vegas. And I wrote all these, you know, I was like, oh, he was so sexy and he did this. And, he's a, and then I think, Oh, maybe he did read that. It probably was pretty <laughs> silly. He probably thought this girl's really crazy. But, you know, I, I guess through all of the times that I got to know Elvis or see Elvis, you know, you just don't realize that he, he might recognize you or he might remember your name, you know? And, uh, so that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah. A, a lot of, a lot of people I, said that he, he had a very, very good memory. Uh, almost like yeah. a photographic memory for for song for song lyrics uh, for names and faces and so forth. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I wish I had the same because I, I'm pretty bad with names and faces sometimes and details. Yeah. So, but uh, yes. well, Elvis started coming out horseback riding. You had mentioned that. Um, yeah. After um, after that, and so I mean, now if we had digital cameras, what we could have had back then. That's what makes them so special, I guess. But there was, we just had a couple of rolls of film, you know, so each day. And then um, the Australian fan club sent me a book of pictures and so forth from the fan club. And I have a picture of Elvis holding it. The book came and there was duty on the book. And, we, and plus we had to go to the post office and we go, 
oh my gosh, where are we going to get the money for this? You know, I mean, it was truly, we were scrounging the whole time. And, um, so, and I mean, we slept on the floor in our apartment and Bester, there were a couple of, um, oh, robberies or murders around somewhere down there. He gave us a pipe out of the guardhouse and said, keep this in case anything happens. Wow. <laughs> Luckily, I never had to use it, yeah. you wow. know? So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so then on the 10th, he came out horseback riding, and they came, usually he would come down the one big long hill, you know, where they ride down. But this time he came over on the left side, and he came over and he says, all right, we're taking over this damn gate. And it was he and Jerry and Gigi. (laughs) It looked like the Rough Riders coming over the hill, you know. And I wasn't inside the gate that day because Vester was off. And so... then he says he'd be right back, you know, um, he had to run the horse for a while. And so he said, it's okay, they can stand inside. So people just all started coming inside and and people talking to him about Lisa, and he was great. He was so excited and yeah. happy about Lisa. So anyway, yeah, we saw him horseback riding almost every day. And I've seen a photograph of you with Elvis, and you're wearing the uh, the, the the fan club badge that says "I'm a kissing cousin." Was that taken around about that time? Was it? Yeah, and that was our last night at Graceland, and it was on the 16th of um, January or February yeah. in '68. Right. And um, so um, there was a disc jockey, Jim Shira, and he had traveled from Florida along with his friend. And they were there to try to meet Elvis and so forth. And so um, Bester had just gotten off shift, and he went up to um, the house and told Elvis that we were leaving, and that there were a couple. The Jim was there. A um, couple guys down there would like to meet Elvis, and so they called down and said Elvis is on his way down, and he came down on a golf cart. And it was like, oh, there was another panic moment. You're running around trying to calm yourself down, you know. Yeah. And it was just, <laughs> you know, imagine what the, that was like in the guardhouse. Um, so anyway, we um, we were, uh, let's see, Elvis and Dawn and who else? Gigi came down on the golf cart. And Priscilla's brother, Dawn, was just amazed at the fans. He was just looking like he couldn't believe this, you know. Uh, all the fans out there with Elvis. So um, we got to be inside the gate. He opened the gate. He talked to everybody. There were girls there from one of the um, local colleges or whatever and and sororities, and they say, he says, I'll be over later. Leave the door door open or the window open or something. He was was just being silly with everybody. Mm. And then um, then when we were... um, just getting about ready to go and he was going to be getting ready to go he said um well he says are you leaving are you leaving the next day and and we said yes and he he actually took our hands and thanked us for coming and said he hoped we had a nice trip home can you imagine you know how many celebrities ask you know people yeah thanks for coming to see me and but his family treated you like family. And Vester used to always tell us, you're, you're true fans. And people can tell. It's like one day we were there, Vester was telling us a story how somebody tried to sell Grandma Presley 
the Presley Bible, one of the Presley's Bibles. Mm -hmm. And they wanted all this terrific amount of money for it. And she said, if it was the only Bible in the world, it would be worth it, but it's not. So, you know, they knew that they were just being milked for for that. Yes, unfortunately. So they knew who was truly a fan or not. And uh, Vester, when we got down to the last about four or five, maybe week of our stay, we came down to the gate, and it's January, February. It's freezing cold down there. And we walk up to the gate, and there's this package of bologna on the gate. And we go, well, this is really odd. And we get inside, and Vester has two bags of groceries for us that he had brought from his house so that we'd have enough food for the last week we were there. We went to the store, and we got several bags of macaroni and um, and butter, and we had macro- buttered noodles, and um, then we were going to eat, um, just eat um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all the way home, and he gave us $20, so we had enough to get home on the bus. <laughs> so. it, it, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? So how, just how down to earth uh, they all were, yeah. inclu- including Elvis himself, really. You know, everybody's just said he was just so humble. You hear so many stories, yeah. so many stories of things that he did for people. Um, and so that last night that we took the pictures, I asked Elvis, I said, could you autograph this picture? And it was that one of him in the white suit from the back cover of How Great Thou Art. And he said, oh, who did you want it to? And I said, to Judy. And so he and Jim and Charlie all go, oh, Judy. I mean, he, he didn't say it to me, but they sang it, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and that, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, serenaded by Elvis. Yeah, could you imagine in your wildest dreams hearing that song? Because yeah. I remember when the record came out, my grandmother gave me $5. She sent it to me. Oh, my gosh, my name is on that song, you know? Yeah. And here all these years later, he sings that part. Yeah, you must have thought you were, in, you were you were having a dream. You thought you were going to wake up yeah. and you were having a dream. Well, it's like when I when I went to the 68 special, I, I looked back at it and people say, what was it like? And I said, it was like waking up in a dream that you dreamed your whole life. That's all for part one of my treasured memories of Elvis. In the concluding part, Judy tells me about finally meeting Elvis a few days after the birth of Lisa Marie. The excitement of seeing him live during the taping of the 1968 NBC TV special and being asked to sit right by the edge of the stage. Judy also discusses the Elvis concert she attended from 1969 to 1976 and her reaction when Elvis sang Hey Jude to her during one of the performances. She also explains the technique she used for capturing the awesome photographs in her book. Until then, stay safe, and I hope you can join me next time for another episode from Elvis, the Ultimate Fan Channel.